podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Wolves Weekly. With Mikey Burrows. Featuring the biggest names from past and present. All the teams, all the talking points. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome to another episode of Wolves Weekly. I'm joined this week by the former Wolves players Sam Ricketts and Claire Hakeman. We'll look back on the win over Brentford, including my personal love affair for Diego Costa, how Wolves women may have missed their chance for the title, and does Captain Ruben Neves return for Leicester? We start, though, with a question from social media. Have these back-to-back wins made Wolves safe? That's the question, isn't it? I think the next two games are key. Uh, I think going into Leicester, Leicester away and Palace at home, I think this was always the period where they were they became they were becoming must win, weren't they? Um, because we know our running isn't easy. You know, we finish off at Arsenal, uh, Everton at home, and the the previous one to that is Man United away. So you know, it's the, the combination. You don't want to be leaving it till it's panic stations because it doesn't matter how much quality you've got. You know, it's look at the draw on the day, look at decisions that happen and. Um, we just needed to do it, in, you know, as, as soon as possible and, and get it done and dusted. But equally, it's, I don't think it's over yet until it's mathematically possible. I think we've got to keep going, getting points on the board, and uh, hopefully we can go and get some points at Leicester and, and the same again at Palace. Obviously, they've had a bit of a recovery, but you kind of hope we can stop their their great run and, and, and move on from there. Sam, that tricky position of opening up a bit of a gap, but still with quite a few games left to go. Yeah, I think the biggest one there was just maintaining the focus. I think we always spoke about Wolves have always been good enough to um, to get results. And I think the last couple of games have proved that they, they're capable of getting results against anyone. And finally, you know, it's happened and give everyone a little bit of breathing space. But the worst thing you can do now as a squad is just relax and think, oh, that's just done now. We're safe. Because two or three games time, a few other teams get a few results. You can be straight back in there again. So that's vitally important that they maintain that, that mental strength and focus really which has probably helped them get the last couple of results you've only got to carry in for another two three games and then literally you are safe then and then you can relax then and, and go back to probably enjoying football a little bit more than the pressure of playing in a, in a bit of a relegation fight um there's been some really standout performances sam but the thing that i'm drawn to especially chatting to you is about clean sheets and they've put two clean sheets back to back, and that goes an awful long way to getting you through those games. Well, it does. It means that when your man Nunes scores a volley like he did the other day, it wins you the game. It's not a it's not a goal that always oh, gets us back in at two one, or you know, a late consolation goal, or maybe snatches a point on. It wins you the game, and it gives the team confidence. Then, if if you can keep, I think mean, Kenny Jacket, you know, obviously he was I played under him at Wolves and, and elsewhere as well. He always had a thing about. Clean sheets or one goal against. If you do that every game, or well, as much as you can, you've always gives, gives you a chance. And it's no different no matter what level you're at. Keep clean sheet. And Wolves have a player who can score a goal out of nothing or or capable of, of getting a goal. They don't score a lot of goals. So therefore, then you can't concede a lot if you want to win games. On the outside, Claire, it looks like the only thing that kind of changed from that Leeds game is putting Totti in uh, left back as a almost a makeshift fullback, and yet that probably detracts from just how good Craig Dawson and Maximilian Kilman have been. 
Uh, definitely. I think uh, the combination has been superb, hasn't it? I think actually turn of the year, we've seen a different Samedo as well. So across that whole back line, we've seen massive contributions from um, Kilman's confidence has just stepped up a notch. He's become the player that he was previously. You know, I think he lost his his confidence at the start of the season. Obviously, when Cody dropped out, you know, things, things changed quite significantly. I think as soon as Dawson came in, it kind of steadied the ship, gave us a little bit of confidence. And we've also got backups in those positions as well. We know that, you know, Totti Gomez, I think, has been doing superb, but we've got Bueno now getting close to coming back and he's more of probably a natural fullback. Um, and then obviously you've got other backups in terms of Collins, he's, he's ready to go as well. So um, defensively, I think we've been really impressive. And I think on, you know, on Saturday, we really showed uh, how well we were really doing. And I think having that clean sheets of the focus, like you say, if you don't concede, um, you're going to get at least a point, aren't you? So um, I think it's been really important. And I think the way that Lopetegui has put a bit of emphasis on that has, has made it a bit of a priority. Our goal difference when he came in wasn't great. So we've had to really work hard. And it's been important that we do stay in the game in terms of that, because if it does come down to goal difference, then you you want to be in and around the others. Yeah. And in terms of um, things going your way, Sam, when you make that big call uh well, 10 days ago now, to start Diego Costa and leave Raul Jimenez out of the squad entirely. And Costa then repays you with his goal. And um, having the faith in Mateus Nunes to to carry the team, really, in the absence of Ruben Neves and, and not starting João Martinho. And then you bring on Huang and he scores with practically his first touch as he almost did at Newcastle a couple of weeks ago. That's a beautiful time for kind of the luck, at, whether it is luck, to start working for you, they're defining moments, aren't they? And, and as a manager, you can those decisions will, will make or break you. The one with the you know, Costa, like you're saying there, so it all comes off good. And all of a sudden, so is it experience? Is it a little bit of know-how as a manager? Is it, or is it just pure luck that that work that that combination worked there? The longer someone's a manager, they make those decisions, and the more times they come off, obviously, the better manager they are. Um, obviously, has faith in, in Diego Costa. So that obviously came off very well. Nunes. You know, there's a lot of hype about him going possibly on again this summer. Have you really seen enough in a Wolves shirt to, you know, if he hadn't had that hype before he came to Wolves, would you really be saying that? Possibly not, really. Um, you've seen all his games. I've only seen bits and pieces, but I've not watched any games. thought, wow, this kid is something special here. You can see him going on. Um, but he obviously has something there. So, again, the manager's put his faith in a player who has good pedigree, but maybe hasn't shown it. You know, in since he's been at Wolves, um, and he's, he's basically, like I said, there are the decisions luck or they is why he's a, a top top manager. I don't know, but either way, they've worked. But this is the maddest thing, right? And I'm interested in both your thoughts on this because, um, for a long time, I, my personal view, and I know a lot of fans will have the same thought that Mateus Nunes at Sporting Lisbon was an eight, right? And maybe a bit of a deep lying eight and getting on the ball, and we've We've seen glimpses of his ability to carry the ball and run past people. And Bruno Large played him almost like a 10. Then a lot of the time under um, Julian Lopetegui, he's played as kind of a wide left 10, like a left forward and kind of things. All of a sudden, he's gone to the right-hand side and he's now running past people. He's arriving into the penalty area. And it's not the position that you would naturally say is his natural best role. And yet he looks really comfortable, right? And that, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because I've spent all season thinking he needs to play as a holding 
back as a, a holding eight, and now he's doing brilliantly in a different role. I think, I think he's got almost that stability in the fact that you've now, obviously, he's coming to this side now where we've got Jao Gomez and Lamina in there that really do sit and hold that midfield. So I think he's almost got the luxury of being able to relax on the ball and be composed and do the things that he's really good at. Because what he does like to do is get on the ball and carry it. And in Portuguese football, you have a lot of the game. You know, it's quite relaxed in terms of tempo and they have a lot of possession football. So he's used to having having that kind of element. So I think maybe them being there has given him the, you know, the, uh, the chance to push on and move forward. I think, you know, the goal that he created for Wang, obviously a little bit of luck in there to, de- you know, get into his path, the defender pushed it into his path. But I think he was just surrounded. Like the way that he glides through past people, he just looks so comfortable, you know, on the ball. I think it's just the fact that we've seen, you know, snippets. We've seen more in the last couple of weeks than we've probably seen across since he arrived in, in terms of his impact on a game. So I think now it's about seeing a little bit more from him. And and obviously the interesting thing next week will be, you know, what, what happens and if there's any changes to that side. It was nice to see a pretty much Barca Rabi of opponents unchanged side to, you know, quite a settled 11 almost. So, um, but I think it's a big moment for Nunes and, he, you know, he's really has shown his quality the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think his confidence, believe it or not. I think if he just ended up in a, an area on the pitch, is it one because, you're right, Mike, he doesn't play there. So, well, if I don't play well, I don't play here anyway. So no one's actually going to judge me on this. So I can just go out and relax and actually enjoy football a little bit. And all of a sudden, starts getting some joy. Like I said, they're gliding past players, assisting, scoring a little bit. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable now. I'm confident. I, now, I've probably experienced the Premier League um, now for a little bit longer. And the biggest thing, like I was saying, was he actually wasn't expected to do as well as he did there. So it took all pressure away from him. And now he is playing and playing like like he is capable of. Do you think there's an element of... Um, because, look, I I was going to talk about this in, in Leicester preview, but we may as well link it in now because there is an element of the fact that there is no Ruben Neves, Right. And for a long time, everything Wolves have done has been built through Neves. Understandably so, because when you have a player of his ability, you give him the ball and you let him dictate. Is there a thought process in terms of, because Neves isn't there, because Martinho is not starting, there is not necessarily the natural inclination to pass back to them, and therefore the team looks different. Like the goal that we scored through Diego Costa... He's not laying it back to someone. He's turning and driving forwards because there isn't that natural player to pass back to. And as crazy as it sounds, not having Neves for two games might actually have been of benefit. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it'll be interesting, uh, obviously, how we move forward from, from from this. But I mean, he's been the mainstay, hasn't he, this season? Neves. I think he's a ridiculously good footballer, and we know that he he drives on. Um, I think it. You know, I think I think we'll. I think everybody's anticipating, a bit like last season, really, you get into the point where you're anticipating whether he'll be here or not next season. We don't know the answer to that. But I think him being in that midfield and he's kind of almost, you can tell, they all set back to him. Everything comes through him. He's He drives all the play. This has been a, a moment for now to see a different midfield and, and also to show the players like a little bit of confidence. We don't need we don't need Neves to win. And that I think that's been quite key for almost the fans as well, for us all to see that we can win games, you know, without Neves, which might might be the way forward for us. But um, how, how we settle. The one thing I was a little bit unsure of in the first half last uh, on Saturday was, 
uh, the lack of options on on in terms of we we were quite narrow actually in, in our play and I don't know whether we were missing that sweeping pass from Nevers. It was a real different style of play actually to see. I don't know whether it was just the way that Brentford set up because they were here to frustrate and they're quite you know solid in the way that they they set up the game. But um, moving forward, I think we need to be able to play with and without Nevers and. And I think there's a difficult decision coming up, and it might be driven a little bit by by Leicester's shape. But uh, it'd be interesting to see what the lineup is on on Saturday afternoon. Mikey, you've said something there, which I speak to a Wolf supporter, and, and he actually mentioned the same thing about Nevers. He actually wondered whether the team. And it's very harsh to say this because he is obviously a very very good player, but whether the team play a little bit better without him because they feel with him. And you probably summed up a little bit better than he does. That they, the players always look for him, so they would like sometimes go backwards to give him the ball, or whichever way to give him the ball, sideways to give him the ball. Whereas this, a couple of supporters are actually saying, well, they feel like he's a little bit negative in possession as well. A few too many touches sometimes, going backwards himself to keep possession, and not always penetrating passes forward, which is what you're without him. It looks a bit, a little bit more fluid and a little bit less than everything has to go through him all the time. Yeah, it, it's a it's a strange one, isn't it? Because I think we would all accept that Ruben Neves is an unbelievable footballer, and you want him in your team. It's just whether it has released one or two others to do something a bit different, and and certainly in terms of a four four two, which it appears that we're now playing, um, which is a bit old school, but again, getting that support up there with Cunha in and around Costa and Diego Costa, let's be honest. Like I I know, like I can pretty much predict, Sam, that you'll say he would have been horrendous to play against. But genuinely, I love that guy. Like he plays Yeah, you love game. him because he's on your team. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is, isn't it? Like anything he did like Lee Naylor burst out laughing and Match Day Live because the moment when he knew his number was going to come up to be substituted off he sprinted 10 yards to go back further into the centre of the field just because he knew he was about to come off. And it's the kind of thing that infuriates you when you're the opposition. But when he's on your team, you have to love him, don't you? Yeah, his game management and how to roll the opposition but give his team a bigger advantage of winning the game is, if you're not involved in the game, he actually makes it good fun to watch. If you're playing against him or supporting a team that he's playing against, oh, he just infuriates you. But if he's on your team, you think it's brilliant, don't you? Yeah, I think he's some player. I mean, I, I think you know what his performance as well was was quality on on Saturday, and it was great to see him finally have that impact on the game. And uh, obviously, he had a little bit of luck with the goal, didn't he? Obviously, a little ricochet in there, but you know, right place, right time. But actually, he created that goal from the way that he turned and just drove at their defence before putting it into the path of Tati Gomez to to receive it back and then kind of finish. You kind of almost felt like it was maybe our day when you have that kind of little bit of look because I think both our goals on Saturday had a, a little bit of look about it, didn't they? But um, yeah, I think Lopetegui spoke a lot about the, the character of, of Costa and what he brings to the dressing room and um, it's very connected from what from what I see at the training ground with with Cunha and, and Jao Gomez as well. So I think there's quite a nice connection with in terms of what he brings. He's, he's quite, a, quite a joker in the pack by all accounts, I believe. So... Um, quite interesting to see what, what will happen with him for next season. There was just a moment of Diego Costa that, again, made me fall in love with him even more, 
where having scored the goal, and obviously, as you say, it's a barnstorming run, play it out wide, make sure you're there, run off for the celebration. Immediately after the restart, he gets sent on a chase to go off and charge down a defender again. And you could then tell he was done. He was puffing. There was nothing in the tank for a couple of minutes. And there was a moment where Xiao Gomez went to think past him the ball. And he just gave him a look that was like, don't you dare ask me to chase anything. And he just kind of strolled around for the next five, 10 minutes, still in the game, but just conserving himself to get himself through. And I just thought that is a guy that absolutely knows his body, his game to the absolute maximum, Sam. You know, well, yeah, he, listen, he's not the Diego Costa. I think when he was at Chelsea, was I think was his best. Um, but if he can still have those impacts in games, not going to be for 90 minutes now, for 60, however long it is, if he can still be that impact, um, obviously with his ability and goals, but his annoyance of teams, um, helping control the game, and just that game understanding. <clears throat> and even what you're saying there, even being able to give a look to an opposite to his own player, like don't give me the ball, because he's that confident and that experienced to know that one he can give that look, and that player still isn't going to be in trouble, and know that well, actually I need a couple of minutes here just to recover, just pass the ball off somewhere else for for a couple of minutes. Um, no, you have to it, you admire him when he's like I said when he when he's on your side. If not, he's just infuriating. <laughs> In a moment, we'll talk a little bit about the under-21s and their particular relegation fight in Premier League 2 Division 1. But it was a frustrating weekend for Wolves women, who were held to a goalless draw in their final home league game of the season by Derby. With Nottingham Forest also dropping points, has their chance for the title gone? It was a tight game. I think we, you know, Wolves women didn't we didn't start the game as well as we normally do, but we really grew into the game. I think we got better as the game got went on. We created masses of chances, particularly in the second half, and really took the game to Derby. Uh, they were under massive pressure, but we just could not could not convert our chances that that came along. You know, a couple of one on ones in there, and a little bit of look a, a possible penalty that could have should have been and. You know, no saying that you you obviously convert the penalty, but it's still, you know, a massive moment in the game, and and the fact that obviously Forest have also dropped points on the same day is is a is a frustrating one. It's tough to take, but it's also football, and you know, we, we're still actually in it. And the fact that they've dropped points on the same day means we, you know, we're not out of it still. We've, you know, the tough tough travel on Sunday to go to Burnley away, and they've always been a bit of a bogey side for us so I think going up there will be will be also tough but we've got enough quality across the squad to to go and get some points at Burnley and and stay in the game for the for the final weekend weekend uh I said to Dan McNamara a few weeks ago on Wolves Weekly that um they have set themselves such high standards that they will be furious at themselves at the games that they've dropped points and it's kind of that similar to that Man City Liverpool years of the Premier League where Liverpool were being pipped despite kind of getting record points totals and stuff. You look at their record this year, it is still absolutely unbelievable. If it turns out to not be enough, it they they won't take any comfort from that because they'll look back on days like the weekend and go, Well, that was that was where we needed to to take it up a notch. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll, you know, there'll be moments that we frustrate 
racing. But I think you've got to give absolute credit to the girls and, and to Dan that to do it in back-to-back seasons is tough going. And pretty much they have the, they have been in, the, in contention all season. And yes, they've dropped a few points against sides you wouldn't possibly expect. But I think, you know, we're still a, still a real quality side, some some incredible players that we've made some really good signings as well this season. And things have really escalated and developed in terms of progress on and off the pitch as well. But I think everybody's competing. It's it's really hard to keep to keep going at it. You've got to remember a lot of our, our players, the majority have got a day job as well. And we've played a lot of midweek games this year. So you're always stretching and always asking for that a little bit more from 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 the players to keep, going and, and performing week in, week out, it, you know, it's a, it is a big ask. And I think, obviously, the disappointment of last season, the disappointment of COVID, you know, a couple of seasons ago, then you had the disappointment of the playoff after winning the league and not going anywhere. You know, to keep bouncing back is, is you know, it's a huge ask, ask of the girls. And I think the one thing you'd give credit to them, which is also equally a frustration, is the fact that we've beaten Forest twice this season. So, you know, to see them go and win the title, there's some there's kind of like a... You know, it's quite nice to think that we've done that, but equally frustrating as well. So I think, you know, it's football and you never, we're still in the game, you know, until, until it's mathematically done, we're, you know, we're, we're still there. If we can take it to the final weekend, put a bit of pressure on Forrest and, and go and get the result ourselves, who knows? That's the thing, isn't it? You you can only do what you can do. You can only pick up your points from here on in. And, and in some respects, beating Burnley probably at least knocks them out. From that um and you wonder whether forest a little bit like arsenal in the men's game not really used to being up there um might stumble and keep stumbling well you know it's a funny old game isn't it as they as they say they're they're at home to stoke the pressure will be on them won't it to go to go and get the victory Stoke to put you know put points off us earlier in the season at, at home late on, so they've got a good bit of resilience and uh, a, a squad that will battle as well. So I'm sure they won't make it easy for them. Uh, but what all we can do is what we can do on the pitch, and you, you know you can only it's controlling the controllables, isn't it? Um, but you think about the moments in football that can happen. You think about Liverpool, you know, smashing Man United one week and losing to Bournemouth the next, you know, strange things happen in football. And we've got to hope that this could be one of those freak moments where, you know, we come out of the ashes and and come away with the uh, title. Uh, The under-21s on the boys' side had a loss at Fulham on Monday night. Um, So they weren't able to follow up there. Big 5-0 win over Everton. There is a little bit of a gap to Spurs in the final relegation place. Um, but I think Spurs have a, at least one game in hand. Um, it's tight, right? And, uh, you know, uh, having done so well against Everton, I know Owen Hesketh got them back into the game down at Fulham, but Fulham has always been a hard place to go. Um, even when Wolves got promoted, Fulham were miles clear at top of the table. Um you know, it it it's tense and nervy relegation stuff, even at, at Premier League two level. Yeah, I've, it definitely is, isn't it? I think that you know a little bit. They'll probably be feeling a little bit of the pressure, but uh, I think it's, the the gap is key, and I think other people have got to go and get the points on the board. So I think there's there's definitely something in that. Uh, the two remaining games that we've got are tough. 
So obviously we've got Palace that, you know, they're third in the table, so they're, they're going to be good. And then we finish up with an away game trip to Man City at top of the table. So it's, you know, getting points against either of those will be will be a challenge. But I think the game at home at Agra next Monday night will be a bit of an opportunity for, for us to go and get some points on the board. And I think we've got some nice combinations. We saw almost had some players come back into the sides. Obviously Marquez has come back in. Harvey Griffiths is back from injury. He played alongside Hodge tonight, you know, a solid midfield. But... Um, obviously, there's all lot, so many different combinations with the under 21s, depending on who's getting on the bench for the first team and whether they can get minutes for the 21s as well. So, getting that balance to 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 get a settled team to go and and get the points on the board is is, is always going to be a tough ask. But I think it'd be fantastic if if they could stay in stay in that Premier League too. You know, for another season. I think uh, Owen Hesketh, I think, has really come on this season, having watched him quite. a quite a bit in terms of his performances and obviously you've seen lots of play, players develop. We It's only how long ago is it since Hugo Bueno this season, isn't it? Since he came yeah. through after, you know, setting his stall out last season. So there's there's moments for these players that that, that they could really develop their careers from 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 the under, through the under-21s pathway. Yeah, Hesketh has been really unlucky with injuries, hasn't he, uh, from the start of this season? A little bit of last season as well. And and you get the feeling that he's probably at the age now where it'd be really good for him to go out on loan and get some experience uh, of being away from the club. I know Chem Campbell's doing pretty well down at Wickham. Um, other players have done so. Obviously, Ryan Giles is the absolute standout in terms of going out and, and proving that you can compete at a real top level. Um, I mean, he's a fascinating player to to talk about in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Owen Hesketh can achieve because he was Academy Player of the Year only a couple of seasons ago. And But for injury, we probably would have seen him progress a little bit more than he has. Um, let's say, uh, so Tottenham are the, the main team looking to try and catch Wolves. Their next game is against Chelsea, who are uh, seven points off the leaders, Man City. So they're going to be absolutely desperate to try and pick up some points. Um, and I think they've got Man United and West Ham to play, and West Ham are still technically um, in the relegation fight as well. So there are probably quite a few twists and turns to come in terms of what goes on with the under-21s. Do you want to get more active? Wolves Foundation, the club's official charity, runs an active through football project, which helps people of all ages to improve their physical fitness. Sessions are fun, friendly and have real positive results. To find out the range of activities on offer, contact Liam Turner at wolves.co.uk. Let's talk about Leicester. They have a new boss in Dean Smith. Um obviously one of the hardest games to start off against Clare. What do we kind of expect from them? It's a terrible situation to take over a team when they're on the that kind of losing run. You can't change anything in terms of personnel. Um, and yet is he's got to try and do something. And he'll probably look at a game against Wolves as an opportunity to, to get Leicester back into it. Yeah, I'm sure they're seeing the game against us as an absolute must win. It's to get them back on track and give them a fighting chance of of staying up. So they will certainly be identifying this as 
as a game. It's their first home game. So, you know, Leicester historically have, have done pretty good in terms of investment and getting that crowd going. And I'm sure they'll all have a new flag on, on Saturday or whatever they're going to do to try and do everything to try and give themselves the best chance of creating an atmosphere that's going to make it difficult for us. But I think ultimately we're off the back of two two consecutive wins. And I think that's, in terms of confidence for us, I think that's really key that we're, we're hitting the ground running. If we go and get a clean sheet, we can get something out of it. But, you know, they've still got some players. I think they've got a little bit of inexperience in there as well. But like Ian Acho against Man City, you know, decent. Yuri Tillemans, still a hell of a player. Uh, obviously Vardy started, he's always a handful, isn't he? But, you know, lacking goals this season, you know, you know, rings true a little bit of what, how our season's been as well. So, um James Madison can pop up with a goal. Harvey Barnes is, you know, did a great job against us earlier in the season. We really struggled when Leicester came to Molyneux at the start of the season. But I, I think they'll see it as an opportunity. But I think what we really need to do is make sure that we just don't give them anything. I think we've got to keep it really nice and tight. Go for that clean sheet and and get a goal. We're away from home. We can we can set up and be solid. The defence is on form and full of confidence. So. You know, I, I expect them to throw everything at it, but I think we, if we stay solid and stick together the way we have the last couple of games, I think we, we can definitely get something out of it. Is that a difficult balance, Sam, to go there with a, the right mentality in terms of understanding <clears throat> Leicester are probably going to be bang up for it, they're going to go early, and yet knowing that they're probably low on confidence and if you attack them, you will get chances? Yeah, I think Wolves just have to take this thing out of the game in the first 15, 20 minutes. I think they will start bright or certainly try to. Um, have they got enough about them to break Wolves down if they just nullify the game, slow it down, you know, do everything what, what Wolves actually do very, very well and always have done, to be honest with you. Um, I don't see, and this is probably a little bit harsh, I don't. I think Dean Smith's a bit of a strange appointment for them. I don't see that as being someone who's a quick fix, someone going who's going to guarantee results and avoid relegation, not like so much as a, a Sam Allardyce or even like Roy Hodgson who, who's gone back in there, someone who who's a bit of a safe safe bet. I, I don't see them reacting like that. I, I don't know why particularly. So I think he's done a good job at Villa. Um, but I just don't see that huge impact coming from from a new manager. And like I said, if, if Wolves can just nullify the game early on, I think they'll grow into the game more and more. The fans will get frustrated if the game's not going their way, if they're not in front. Um, you know, a draw isn't enough for them. So they need to go out and um, and get more than a draw. And the longer you can frustrate them, the more it plays into Wolves' hands and and, and Wolves can grow into the game and, and dominate it and, and hopefully get a goal or two. In terms of selection, we presume Ruben Neves comes back into this team. Question is, for who, Claire? Uh, I, I don't know whether it's just cut and dry that he he will. Uh, I don't. I, I wouldn't like to call it. I think the one thing that you can always say is that you don't know how how they're trained. You don't know how you know whether there's anyone carrying a knock and they want to protect. And we we're also going back to back with a home game on Tuesday night. So anyone with a niggle, I mean, the the facts for me are thinking even about Diego Costa. Is he going to be able to play on you know Saturday and on Tuesday? I think that'll be quite intense for him. So it may be that it'll be about the focus of the two games and the combinations of, of players that might be best suited for each of those particular games. So um, in terms of who might slot in, I think it'd be harsh to drop anybody really off the back of, you know, two consecutive wins, but equally if he does slot in, it'll be whether we release somebody, whether he'll go for Jal Gomez comes out for a rest. I don't know. He's, he's, you know, he's been doing really well. It'd be harsh to, to take anyone out. Wouldn't it? I think, 
The one real pleasing thing for me is the fact that we've been creating chances and actually uh, in terms of shots created, but also on target, which is maybe where we've not been there. The Leeds game, we created masses of chances that obviously didn't get anything from the game, but it's a turning point. We're starting to create chances with the way that we're playing at the moment. So, you know, that game followed by the Chelsea game, followed by Brentford on Saturday, you know, we're we're creating much better moments as a a team. I think for me, I think the the possible one would be Sarabia. I I don't think he... Had a massive impact on the game. Obviously, he hasn't had massive minutes, but I think he was the one that, for me, didn't contribute as much as possibly others did on that moment, and didn't give us probably quite the width we needed at points to get numbers into the box and joining in the final third. But um, in terms of Neves, I won't be wanting to make that that decision. I'm going to sit right on the fence there. So pass it on to Sam. <laughs> I I half wonder, you know, does it come down to? The manager, does he want to make an impression? Does he want to make a stand and say, if you get in my team and the team does well, you carry on playing? And therefore, then Nevers doesn't play. He's happy to make a big call, like he did with Raul Jimenez, leaving him out completely, like you were saying earlier. Um, so I think it could come down to him saying, right, things are moving in the right direction. Now, he'll have, right or wrongly, he'll have a time now next season starting to say, right, let's build on, on this and, and go for next season. And he might want to lay down a little marker saying, like I said, if you're in the team and the team does well, you'll play the next game. And that is an all that's a I think that's a good thing. If you're one of those players who stepped in, done really well, and then you're pulled out and the team's done well, you you get a little bit despondent, really, possibly to an extent. So he has an opportunity to to lay down a marker. Um but then equally you could easily say, look, never he's, he's captain, he's he's obviously a fantastic player. He comes straight back in. Um I think he'll bring him back in. I just think because his his influence within the the team in general, not just playing, but captain and everything, means he'll play. He'd be a football manager, eh, Sam? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't know anyone <laughs> who, who's silly enough to do that needs to have a little think. Um, but on the basis they are uh, potentially they can win three in a row for the first time this season, and that would be quite a big kind of step forwards, wouldn't it, in terms of consistency, in terms of confidence for for fans and people inside the club alike, Claire? Oh, it's an absolute statement, isn't it? If we can go and get the third third win on the bounce, I think it's, you know, you look at the job that Roy Hodgson's done at Crystal Palace and I think it just turns confidence within the whole club. I think that everything changes. You can feel the environment changing with... You know, with the way that wolves wolves are doing it at the moment, and it, it is incredible. It's 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 like you know fine margins of football, isn't it? Um, so I think it's just really key that we we go there. I think we 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 need to perform, but to get a win, I think the fact that they will that it will be must win for them. The pressure is absolutely on them, and I think actually the fact that we've had two on the bounce, the pressure is off us a little bit. Um, I wouldn't like us to relax fully, and you you. you you know, we still need that performance, and I think getting points on the board is, is key. But to go and get three would be, would 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 really take the pressure off us as well. And I think you know it'd be a key moment of the season because, like Sam said before, we've got so much quality in the squad that, you know, I don't I don't think we deserve to go down at all. But equally, it's football, and you know, stranger things have happened. So I think we've got to keep going at, at what we do and um, keep ourselves right up there. Thanks for listening to the all-new Wolves Weekly from Wolves Radio. Don't forget to give us a follow at Wolves across social media. And all the very latest is at wolves.co.uk or on the move 
via the Wolves app. Podcast Network.